women looking for love, a self-centered womanizer, a life of sexual conquest reaching a crossroads? All this can only mean one thing, we're comparing Alfie on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Parker and I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro versus Retro Remake. Versus remake. This is the series where we compare movies and their remakes. Join us as we answer the question: Should this remake exist? Today's films are Alfie. Let's get right into it. Alfie, the original, was made in 1966, starring Michael Caine, Millicent Martin, Shelley Winters, Vivian Merchant, Jane Asher, Julia Foster, Alfie Bass, and Denholm Elliott. Directed by Lewis Gilbert, screenplay by Bill Hewton, and music by Sonny Rollins. Alfie, the remake, made in 2004, starring Jude Law, Jane Krakowski, Marissa Tomei, Susan Sarandon, Sienna Miller, Nia Long, and Omar Epps. Directed by Charles Shire, screenplay by Charles Shire and Elaine Pope, music by John Powell, Dave Stewart, and Mick Jagger. All right. Reggie, let's get right into this. What is your first experience with either film? My first experience with uh, either film, one, for the person's podcast, I have zero experience with either film. Uh, this one, I know this is my recommendation. It came on my radar because I was on Amazon uh, Prime browsing through movies. And in the description of the Alfie remake, it says, a remake. <laughs> hmm. I said, huh, well, I've never, never heard of it, but maybe I could uh, bring it up. So... You know, when you see actors like Jude Law and you see actors like Michael Caine, really Michael Caine jumped out at me is, I want to check this out because uh, most of the stuff he's in, I enjoy. So again, zero experience, um, kind of heard about him, said thought it'd be a good experiment for us to check it out. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I never saw either movie. I don't even know if I heard of this movie before until you mentioned it. So I'm completely new to this. Well, they are very similar films um, with slight differences here or there. But before we do our comparison, just a brief synopsis. We are introduced to Alfie. He's not wealthy, but he's charming, handsome, and a complete womanizer. He'll sleep with women whether they're married or not. He never feels bad for the way he treats them. And he tells the audience his various philosophies on women as he constantly breaks the fourth wall. The first one we see him with is married. Meanwhile, he has sort of a girlfriend she eventually leaves him due to his lack of commitment, even though he has grown fond of her kid. He then gets the partner of one of his friends pregnant before helping her to get an abortion. A health scare almost makes Alfie change his womanizing ways. Almost. He tries to commit to a beautiful girl, but ultimately gets bored with her. Then things get worse for Alfie. The partner's friend he got pregnant, and the consequences of that shake him to the core. Then he finally decides to commit to an older woman he'd been seeing, only to get his comeuppance and discover that she'd been cheating on him with a younger man. Alfie is left alone, evaluating his life. He knows he has a lot, but he doesn't have peace of mind. And if you don't have that, you've got nothing. Got the nothing. end. <laughs> Sorry for the Cockney accent, just had to do that. Okay, so it's a very broad synopsis. Um, most of the characters have a lot of the similar qualities, a lot of their names have changed. Of course, Alfie is pretty much the same in both films and the plot is pretty much the same too so i think we should just start with alfie in our comparison here so yeah. we have michael um, kine 
Well, you all settled in? Right, we can begin. My name is... Alfie! Alfie. In the original and Jude Law in the remake. Oh, blimey, I'm so rude. I haven't introduced myself. I'm... Alfie! There you go, Alfie. Yeah, just uh, jumping in, we get um, sort of a similar intro. I'll say that uh, in the original, we kind of see Alfie in action, right? The first thing you see is uh, the London streets. Um, he's in a car. It's uh, steaming up like a Turkish bath. Get your knee off the steering wheel. I can't. I'm stuck. Here, look out. I'll do it. <laughs> and he's, you know... He's hooking up with somebody that uh, is married to someone else. And he's still getting the same same kind of tics where, uh, like you mentioned that Cockney accent, he's got a very specific way of talking. He's a smooth talker. And uh, in this situation, just you can see him sort of thinking on the fly and just kind of like how much of a charmer he is. In the remake of Jude Law, they still have that scene sort of, but they start actually in his flat. Unfortunately, today I've got work and I have to tone it down a little bit, but that's all right. Good chair. You know, again, same type of character, but it is interesting to see him sort of lay out kind of the circumstance of his life. He's like, it's not much, but, uh, you know, it's good enough, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you start to see what you mentioned that fourth wall breaking immediately. So uh, if you were talking about sort of minor differences that in terms of intro, we get that fourth wall introduction right away in the remake versus the original where it kind of lets you uh, see a scenario and then he starts talking to us versus, again, the remake where he's just talking to us and we're figuring out who he is from there. Yeah, I don't know what the decision was there to change that. I guess, you know, by having him in the original, just this is Alfie, this is what he is, this is what he's doing, and we're just pretty much going to be here the whole time. I guess in the remake, they start him out in that, you know, really small apartment. Like he says, he doesn't really have much. Um, so, and you don't see him being the Alfie. We kind of know he is breaking the fourth wall and sort of laying out his philosophies and everything. But um, I guess he sort of starts a little bit lower <laughs> than you expect him. Cause yeah. he's like a, just a, just a driver, just kind of a poor guy. And then you see, he is really successful with the ladies. Um, so his character does have somewhere to go slightly. As opposed to like Michael Caine, he's just kind of always there because we already see him womanizing right away. So I, I don't really know if that really affects <laughs> your perception of the character, but it's just that's the only difference I saw in those different openings, really. Yeah, I would say that in terms of perception, really just uh, the original does, because we don't get the fourth wall break right away, it does feel more like we're just kind of following this guy in a natural way versus this remake where, you know, they they set the stage for kind of who this guy is. Um, and also it sets the stage for our, our location change, which doesn't really matter, but uh, you know, it, it, it's a factor. The original film does take place in jolly old London. Um, in this remake, you kind of got this, um, I wouldn't say fish out of water, but you know, you got a guy who, uh, her tale of America, you know, um, some people come for the, prosperity some people come for the women he's way better to see some birds than manhattan i'm like you know what if that's your goal in life you know why not move to new york city dude uh, uh again the very minor change there uh really i think 
the main differentiation between these characters are the actors themselves and like how they chose to portray Alfie. Yeah, what do you think about that decision? Because obviously the original is like this British film starring this British guy and then the remake's an American film, but it's also starring a British guy. Um, do you think it was a good decision to keep him sort of, because he's very British, he's very much a foreigner. You think it would have affected the film if he was just straight up from New York? I don't think it changes anything, right? I think uh, the, the only reason that he's even British is to kind of keep this Alfie character. Uh, I believe this is like adapted from some sort of uh, play, right? I think yeah. originally. So more or less, they're trying to keep the spirit of this character, but to your point, it doesn't really matter that he's British. Um, he just happens to be in, in this film. So, um, you know, I think this is more one of those like Hollywood decisions where you're, you're saying, okay, we want to sell tickets. Uh, they may not think that people necessarily want to see, um, you know, someone from the UK, as it were. Um, there are different cultural, um, how do you say, like norms and things that you do in social settings that you'd have to account for in a movie to translate that to American audiences. And I'm sure the filmmakers, I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> Let's get a British guy and put him in New York. I think maybe, oh, I was going to say maybe just casting like Jude Law in it, maybe because he is like British and foreign, maybe he can get away with some of the lesser noble qualities, I guess, for lack of a better term, just because, oh, he's foreign, maybe he doesn't know the way that, you know, that's not how you're supposed to treat a woman. So, you know, you give him a little bit slack because maybe that's how they do it back home. But, you know, over here, yeah. we're not like that. So maybe he just gives him a little more slack. Yeah, and I think that it helps in the sense that uh, because his introduction, like you said, is so humble in this remake, I think um, what helps him sort of attain his goal, right, of uh, hooking up with all these women is the fact that, like, you know, he's different, right? He's uh, mm -hmm. he's British, he's got the accent, he's, he's a smooth talker, he's got, you know, so although he doesn't really have anything going on in his life to really speak about, you know, of course he works and stuff like that, and he's got some dreams and aspirations he's more or less just like kind of a underachiever really yeah. um and that that underachiever factor felt more i guess present in his remake versus the original where sure he's not a rich bloke uh but he's you know he's just, he's just alfie right like I, I think the the social kind of um you know his wealth really doesn't matter in the original, it seems to matter a little bit more in the remake, but he overcomes it by being British for no reason. <laughs> I could also play into like how he's able to get the women a little bit more of that sort of foreign mystique. It's like, ooh, mm -hmm. foreigner. So can play into the, sort of the charm factor that maybe a broke, good looking guy who was just American wouldn't be able to be so successful nah, with some of these women. Yeah. I, I agree with you that I, I feel like if he was just a broke American guy, uh, I'd feel even you know, I'd be even less on his side. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, <laughs> but, you know, the fact that like he kind of packed up everything um, right. and moved to America. It's like, okay, so yeah. Hey man, you're still doing all right for a guy that's not even from here. Uh, I think it also helps us to not question, well, in some ways it helps us not question sort of his origins. Like it makes sense that he doesn't have like family or something like that, that he, Right. Uh, associates with 
in that original film, like families clearly is not a factor and it feels like something, again, I don't know what, but like something has happened to Alfie in the past that made him the way that he is. That seemed more apparent to me in the original versus remake where he just kind of like, um, just kind of runs around, does whatever he wants. But I, I don't necessarily think he has the same sort of potential dark background. I, I just think he's just kind of a fucking, you know, a playboy uh, in the remake versus the original, where I, I thought like there, there's something amiss about a guy that acts like this his whole life. Hmm. He does mention his father briefly in the remake. I think the quote was yeah. along the lines of, you know, for every beautiful woman, there's a man who's like tired of sleeping with her, something like that. I think that's his far as we get uh, with his background so possibly his father was just as big of a womanizer as he is in the remake but we don't get anything like that in the original film yeah and I, and I think that that's one of the strengths of the remake um I think that they like you mentioned before the plot is sort of thin in both films but I think the remake does a good job of uh, doing a little here and there not much mm-hmm. but just tidbits to give you some background about this guy and like I said, because he has a real sort of goal, even if he's not necessarily obtaining it, you know that he has aspirations. Like the original Michael Caine Alfie, I don't know what that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> I know he has a philosophy about mm-hmm, right. life and he thinks the world, he's a nihilist really. He thinks the world is kind of cruel and that in that way, it's, it's okay for him to be cruel because if it ain't you, it's, you know, it's somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, that's really all I've gleaned from his sort of future-looking um, self. Like, there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really have uh, any sort of plans, like big plans in life. You know, we were introduced to him. He's this, uh, I guess, he's a, is he a cabbie or kind of just a driver in that original film? Yeah, I think he's still kind of like a chauffeur, but like, uh, okay. um, we, we never really see who he actually works for. Right. <laughs> But, you know, but I guess that's why he has, uh, you know, that, it's a good career for him. The same as uh, Jude Law's character in the sense that, all right, if you're kind of a loser that doesn't have anything, all right, you're driving a Rolls Royce, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whoever you work for is doing whatever they're doing and gives you some social status uh, right off the jump, you know, you know. But besides that, I don't think his career is very well defined. No. So he's sort of this, we'll, we'll just say he's sort of a limo driver in that original film. And then he doesn't even stay a limo driver. He becomes a photographer because I guess that was the thing back then where he takes random photos of people and then he gives you his business card. So you have to send where he, so he can send the pictures to you in the mail and you have to pay him right there. I don't know. Uh, how do you want me? How do I want you? Well, I've got two positions, straight up or sideways, depending on your nationality. I guess that's a thing they had back then, but then he doesn't stick with it. He goes back <laughs> to being a driver eventually. Right. So he doesn't really have any direction as opposed to the remake where yes, Alfie is a limo driver, but he does have sort of this plan uh, with his partner, uh, Marlon, who we'll get into later, I'm sure. And uh, he wants to eventually start his own limo service. So at least, um, you know, he does have a drive there and it kind of goes along the lines of, oh, he's this foreigner. He came all the way here by himself and he's starting at the bottom, but he does have plans to go somewhere in life. So it's, it's a narrative you can easily follow in the remake as opposed to the original, which is just like, where are you, where are you doing, Alfie? I think like to me, and there's a bit of this element in the remake, but far more so in the original, it's almost like vignettes, right? Like even, uh, 
we'll get introduced to like a, uh, the kid at some point, again, rewatching it a little bit today. I almost forgot that like we kind of see this progression of the kid's life. And actually, I think let's, let's kind of keep that as a note for um, the way time passes yeah. in the film, because I think both films uh, probably intentionally, but make it, it's hard for you to know how long events are taking or, you know, how much time has passed between events and really the only marker, I think, in both films are, are children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Just> <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Ironically enough, based off of this, uh, this character. But, um, you know, that's sort of like surface level Alfie. Like, all right, he's got, you know, a, a decent flat, not a great flat. No one's going to say he's living well, mm-hmm. but he's not living poorly. Um, he's got a career. Uh, in the remake, at least he has some aspiration with that career. In the original, I think that guy could just float around for the rest of his life. He's kind of like, almost like a vagabond, right? And then, um, you know, where we really start to see kind of these characters differentiate themselves, and again, they're very similar characters, but differentiate themselves mm-hmm. is the way that they interact with women. So I think uh, to, to know Alfie, you have to know the women that love him. Yes, you do. Should we just start kind of going chronological order? Let's so the very first woman. Okay. So we're going to start with the married woman that we see Alfie with in his limo. That is Melissa Martin as City in the original film. Do you know what I thought the first time I saw you put your handkerchief over your shoulder? What? Thought you were going to take out your fiddle and play. And Jane Krakowski as Dory in the remake. I'll call you the instant things let up. Okay. In the meantime, I left you a little souvenir to remember me by. Kind of going back to what we were originally saying, uh, Melissa Martin City um, is like literally engaged in uh, relations with Alfie <laughs> in the Rolls Royce uh, as we meet her. Um, we get some decent sort of uh, establishing dialogue from Alfie here with the uh, the handkerchief and you know um, always stay prepared. And I don't know, like I think you kind of get some of the difference between. Alfie in the original versus remake, but he's a lot more sort of, uh, I guess the word I'm thinking of is sort of forceful in the, the original. Like he's just kind of very blunt and matter of fact mm-hmm. about kind of everything. And the minute he feels anything start to get close, um, he just puts the brakes on it and he'll, he'll leave for a little bit, take some time. And that's kind of what we have here. He, he tells Millicent's uh, city to, um, you know, one, come up with a better story about where she's at. The guy might get suspicious. And then two, he's recognizing that City wants him to meet her old man and, and old man, you know, the the husband, as it were. And he's like, "Nah, I've seen this before. This is where it starts to get serious. Um, it, we call it ghosting these days. Like it's something to just <laughs> cut ties." Um, in that uh, remake, I don't know Jane Krakowski. I thought this was actually, I think she was actually one of the stronger characters in the film in terms of like the women that he interacts with like you know i've seen her in 30 rock and stuff like that but i just felt like she did a really good job of one kind of portraying that she was really into that relationship you know slipping the uh the panties in his his, uh jacket or whatever and stuff like that um he actually does see the husband in this scenario so that's again minor difference but uh a difference to note and i think he actually kind of like works for them right like uh like he's dropping her off at the pier to meet up with her husband. 
Um, or is it just kind of like an aside? You're right, right. That's sure. the thing. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it's the same thing. Like, he's realizing that, all right, it's starting to get hot and heavy in a way that he doesn't want to continue this relationship. Um, and he puts distance between himself and um, Jane Krakowski's uh, Dory in this scenario. So, so, I mean, you know, ultimately they they serve the same purpose. I think uh, Dory is the stronger character between the two um, just because they let her build out some more backstory. And I think just from an acting perspective, I think she actually kind of nailed it. But ultimately you have the same situation, a married woman mm-hmm. who's getting too close to Alfie and Alfie's like, that's not what I'm about. And that's our kind of opening real introduction to who this guy is and how he conducts himself. Yeah. Their performances were fine, uh, both actresses. Um, you know, I didn't really notice too much of a difference. I, like saying Krakowski did a little bit more, I, I guess, because I don't, I saw the original a couple of weeks ago. So <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly um, what City did and uh, versus what Dory did. But, um, I, you know, they both did fine jobs. But, you know, I guess the moment's really not about them. It's, uh, it's really more about Alfie and just knowing what kind of guy he is, the kind of guy that will sleep with a married woman and not feel any remorse, thinking or convincing himself that he's even doing the married guy a favor. Because he, I remember with um, Krakowski's character, it's like they hadn't had sex in like, was it six months or something? Or was it? Something like that, yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a long time. So he's like, I'm doing him a favor. And then like, you know, they'll bang me and then they'll go back to their husbands all happy. And I think you see that in the original film. I think she's like so happy to see her husband. Like you see the husband's like, oh, you're in a good mood. Yeah, 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 I am. So, you know, they are <laughs> sort of doing what he's saying. They are going back to their husbands happy. So he can sort of live with this lie and have no remorse that he is sleeping with these married women. And that definitely right. sets the tone for like, sort of, I guess, for lack of a better term, Alfie's depravity is that that he, yeah, there's really no line he won't really cross. And we'll definitely see that with the other women in the movies. Yeah, we will see that. And I think, uh, like you mentioned, the line, like what's good about these scenes in both films is it does establish, like you mentioned, our barometer of of Alfie, right? Like um, he's got rules, he's got theories about life. And from his perspective, because I think, we're getting shown these scenes from like the Alfie perspective as it, see, I told you, like I told mm-hmm. you she went home happy. Like you mentioned City, definitely more so um, in the original, like you mentioned, the husband does say, wow, you should go to the theater more. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? uh, but we as the audience know what that means for him. And in this particular case, what I appreciate about the original is that Alfie knows that like for him to continue to do what it is that he does, uh, he can't meet this guy. Like he can't put a face to the other guy because then he has like, he can see the result of his actions. Like he would rather work in the shadows, never meet the folk and just kind of, you know, float about doing what he does and the less interaction, you know, in his mind is to protect the guy <laughs> and to protect the woman from, you know, a bad situation. But really it's, you know, because Alfie, like you mentioned, he's, he's depraved, <laughs> he's a scumbag. Uh, but it's cool. It's cool to see kind of the rules of this this universe, uh, at least the one that Alfie's constructed in his head. Um, to your point, I think that the original does a better job of, uh, of bringing in sort of the husband into the equation. Mm-hmm. First, the remake where, although we do see the husband, 
often, um, and we don't see the real interaction there. So I will give you that, that the original does have um, a bit more like Alfie's, as I mentioned, theory of uh, of meeting the husband um, in, in play. So I thought that that was a good scene. I mean, both of these characters are just the, briefly in the film, uh, but they do lead us to Alfie's second sort of love interest. Should we just move on to her? Yeah, I think so. Okay. This is Alfie's sort of girlfriend, and it's Julia Foster as Gilda in the original film. I put my name down as Mrs. Elkins. W was that all right? Of course it's all right. Put your name down as who you like. It's a free country, isn't it? And Marissa Tomei as Julie in the remake. I can't see you anymore, Alfie. Are you angry? No, I'm really not angry. Just, you know, we want different things. Both kind of, again, similar characters. The girlfriend that's hoping that he's going to commit, but again, there's this resistance um, from Alfie in both films. But there is a big difference. I don't know if we want to get there yet, <laughs> or we could talk think, about that. Their I, think characters even, more. I think they even understand these characters. You do have to sort of talk about that difference, because uh, it, okay. it's a factor all right i'll start with marissa tomei because it's a little simpler she has a kid um you know alfie didn't really say anything about kids um until this point but in the remake it's not his kid it's, it's her kid with another man and alfie is fond of this kid and but we don't really see him interact too much with the little one they kind of have their their little spat right like they get into a bit of a fight about alfie yeah. uh you know, and then kind of like the last moments of the scene is like, hey, by the way, there's a kid. Yeah. And, you know, they hug and stuff like that. He hugs the kid and he says, you're growing kind of fond of, of him, you know, right. of the kid. But it's far less uh, fleshed out than uh, right. in the original. Yeah, much more fleshed out in the original because the kid in the original film is Alfie's kid. Um, right. This is a um, complicated situation because, you know, he... He likes Gilda, but he's not really wanting to commit to Gilda. So he wants her to get an abortion. And she's like, okay, I'll get an abortion. But then she doesn't want to get an abortion. She says, I'll put the kid up for adoption. And then she doesn't want to put the kid up for adoption. So she decides she's going to raise the kid, but he doesn't want to have the kid. But then he sort of grows fond of the kid. It's a little complicated. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's far more complicated. And um, when we do get introduced to Julia Foster's character, like Marissa Tomei is very similar to um, the other women in the film as they come in and out of his life. Um, these brief interactions, even though she has sort of more of a foothold as like, as you mentioned, kind of like the more steady girlfriend, if, if there is such a thing in Alfie's world. But the scene happens about with as much length and attention as uh, I would say some of the other women he meets versus original where this is a this is a long kind of like you mentioned complicated scene as you start with uh sort of the first breadcrumbs like where's our little friend you know she's late and then there's more interaction before he comes back and she's still late which means she's pregnant there's the like you mentioned the negotiation about uh, an abortion that goes back and forth then, like you said, the adoption thing comes into play. I was like, okay, that was in play. She doesn't get the adoption. 
uh, and you got little uh, Malcolm Alfred, you know, um, which is, uh, you know, he, he makes kind of fun of the name and says, you know, oh, he's going to hate you forever for a silly name like that. What are you going to call him? I thought Malcolm Alfred. Malcolm bleeding Alfred. He'll never forgive you if you give him a name like that. And then you get this, like, uh, which I just rewatched, you get this almost like montage of Malcolm Alfred's like infancy to <laughs> like uh, I would say maybe he's like five or six or so like five maybe pushing but he's yeah. at least like three or four years old right, right? and it's like all right <laughs> you know we don't see wh what happened there but it's like you've been kind of in the picture for all this time and yeah. um for her I I get it you know it's like are you gonna be the dad here or are you not and Alfie even in this scenario even with his own son <laughs> Um, he's like, I'm fine with the kid. It's like, well, fuck, you should be <laughs> your son. <laughs> but like, it's still, even with that, that reality, Alfie just cannot commit to this woman. And it's not really anything that she's doing. It's just who he is um, mm -hmm. as a person. But like, I think by definition, the, the fact that it's his kid and the fact that so much time has passed, excuse me, it draws a distinction between these two Alfies, at least in the sense that we know that quite a bit of time has passed and he should, you know, by decent standards, he should be a little more involved in this, in this uh, kid's life. I mean, he just can't do it. Yeah. He's sort of a weekend dad. I think, I think he only shows up maybe on the weekends or maybe occasionally. He's definitely not there all the time to raise a little Malcolm, but he is fond <laughs> of the little one. Yeah. He genuinely enjoys um, being with him and just, you know, sort of teaching him his ways and just playing with him. And, uh, you know, making him his actual kid does make it a more interesting scenario than just um, the child of the girl I'm dating right now. And, uh, you know, because it is his kid, um, the relationship between him and Gilda um, seems a little bit stronger than the relationship between Alfie and Julie in the remake. Honestly, I'm just, just going to jump ahead here and just say I like I like Marissa Tomei a lot, but she's definitely underused in this role in the remake. Um, you know, when I was thinking about it a lot, you can almost just write her character out because I don't really think there's too much consequence of having her or her son in that remake. You could have just easily written them both out. Yeah, yeah, I think you could have. Uh, like you mentioned, I, I actually like Marissa Tomei's portrayal um mm -hmm. like when she was on screen i thought that she was uh she was really strong but the scenario like you mentioned is, is just far weaker like you could understand a guy in his i don't know i don't know how old alfie is but let's just say like 30s or mm -hmm. something like that you can understand a guy like that who's like i like you she got a kid like that's not unreasonable right um it is not cool to string her along but you, <laughs> you understand <laughs> sort of his um his dilemma as it were um he's not really reached scumbag levels just yet right um versus the original i mean like i don't know there's so many layers of kind of fucked up before <laughs> we even get to that um i was actually kind of laughing when you were talking about the scene of him growing fine the kid i was like they shot it like uh like that scene in rocky <laughs> is it rocky four where they're like running on the beach and stuff like that <laughs> i don't know it's weird it's like there's like scenes of like michael Caine like like jumping down a hill with the kid and you know it's just it's a lot it really does appear that he likes this kid and i think they they captured that um and like i mentioned it's almost like, like 
montage sort of vignette of this kid's life. There's even like baby pictures. It's it's, it's kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. But um, but you're right. Like Gilda gets more of a connection, and I think that that's just naturally going to happen when you're talking about the mother of your child, mm-hmm. right? It's just, there's just a distinction there. Right. And I might be jumping ahead here, but ultimately both of these women decide that they don't want Alfie in their life. And because they don't want to be in Alfie's life, that means their kid can't be in Alfie's life. And, you know, again, going back to the original, it just makes more sense that he'd be distraught that like, Oh, I can't see my kid anymore. Like that moment when Michael Caine is going to go to the, I think it's the birthday party of his kid. And then he realizes like everybody's having fun without him and he just kind of decides not to, even go there and you know it's one of the few moments in that original film where you can actually see like sort of Alfie just like being hurt um like on an emotional level um just being rejected I guess you could say and he and letting that rejection get to him you never really see that too much in the original film and there's a moment like that in the remake too with Jude Law's character but it's not as impactful because we didn't see him interact with that kid nearly as much as we did in the original film and because it's not his kid um we don't really feel the connection at all it's more reasonable the result that happened in the remake is like all right you, you haven't been around like yeah it's not your kid like, yeah okay <laughs> um the original also does a good job of sort of teasing out this uh this other character this humphrey right. yeah it's been kind of hanging around and uh throughout the years even with everything that he's seen like he's just kind of been the friendly kind of shoulder to cry on almost and mm-hmm. he, he he's like hey if it ever doesn't work out i'm here right and gilda has to really weigh that decision like she ultimately would prefer if alfie could just get his shit together um mm-hmm. but at a certain point she's like look i i gotta have a life i gotta think about my kid right you clearly don't want to commit and like you mentioned impactful it's far more impactful when he shows up to uh the church wherever that is and um he, like you mentioned, he sees everyone. It's like a picturesque moment, right? Like with his mm-hmm. family, they're, they're, you know, hugging and having fun. And it's like, yeah, Alfie would just mess that up. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways, like you said, but I think I also appreciate the fact that he recognizes that this is not a place for him to be at this point. And it's really his own fault. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I just think, like you mentioned, they, they flesh that out really well in the original. In a remake, you're 100% right. They underutilize Marissa Tomei. I think she could have nailed that type of scene, but it, mm-hmm. maybe it's because what we see with Alfie and, uh, you know, uh, kids later in the film, they decided to kind of pull back and make right. this like almost more like a foster kid. But uh, I think, I think it's a misstep actually. And uh, I think Alfie's more nuanced in the scenario where this is his kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I think you could have just written her and her kid out of the film because we do have another kid that we're gonna have to deal with later in the film and that definitely overshadows this connection to Marissa Tomei and this other random kid uh but just getting back to you'd mentioned him a little bit Harry in the original film the guy who's pursuing Gilda Uh, yeah he's Harry um like you said he's this seems like a decent guy um he definitely wants to be there for Gilda she even says to Alfie like she doesn't even love him but if he's going to be there then she'll choose him over Alfie because Alfie's just clearly not there. And then, you know, he he steps up and then he does become the man in Gilda's life. In the remake, we kind of have two guys sort of in the picture. It's it's just confusing because there's the first guy that we don't 
ever really interact with but we see Marissa Tomei with him like at that birthday party where Alfie feels rejected and he walks away Mm -hmm. but then later when he meets her at a cafe it's a completely different guy and it's just like what why why couldn't it have been the same guy uh I don't know it just it just seems sloppy in the remake and again just the impact is not there at all I I don't know who this guy is (laughs) yeah yeah it it's uh it's interesting like um to your point there there are some choices that I think work really well in the remake there's some choices mm-hmm. that seem inexplicable to me like i don't know again like a modern audience can deal with this again right. it's, it's always hollywood so i never know if it's like we tested it with it being his kid we tested it without it being his kid and people like him more like at the end of the day in both of these films uh, more so i think uh because of the pressure of making a more modern film jude law has to more or less carry an entire film right like he is the majority of what you see and what's happening in the movie yes he interacts with people but like it's a fourth wall breaking guy and for audiences to sort of sit there and get behind him i think they i think they were really making this calculation of is this character still likable long enough in the movie for us to keep them uh with us you know and that, that seems to have been a calculation here because I can't really explain <laughs> some of these other these other choices. It, it's just so weird that, like you mentioned, the Mercy Tomei, the guy should have been sort of like this constant like gadfly for him. It should have right. been, oh, here comes Pete or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sup, dude? Nice to meet you. <laughs> and then eventually he went. He wins it out. Like it, there was plenty of time to do that, and yeah. it's not that hard to to do. So it's really weird. I, I'm sorry. No, one, one more note. Make the make the cafe scene before the birthday scene. Yeah, yeah, like when she's out okay. having coffee, like make that scene first with the same guy. Right. And yeah. We're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because now here's this the guy with her, and then later you see the guy, her, and the kid all together. So you see that he's completely been replaced by everybody. That if if he held the kid truly dear, then the, he's he'll be, you know, that feeling of rejection will be like to the full extent at that point. Yeah, so you're right. It should have been in yeah, a reverse order but yeah just yeah. A, a misstep of that remake and it's weird too because it's all she's also the reason he has his health scare or right. uh well at least take us to the doctor that he has the health scare the reason that alfie kind of loses sure. i guess his alfiness i guess you could say he has ed <laughs> in the remake yeah <laughs> <laughs> which again it, it it's another one of those things where all right like in some senses the change makes sense because it does like hit him at kind of because he's such a shallow man it does hit him at his core and i mean look any guy that's going through ed it's like it's gonna <laughs> struggle <laughs> but um but it also takes away from like the original where like the health scare is actually of consequence yeah. like they, they give you this almost like uh i know we're jumping ahead a little bit but they give you this kind of like uh red hair kind of like fake out mm-hmm. health scare and then they have the ED, and it's just like, I, I don't well, know, the ED leads to, leads to something. He finds like a a bump on his penis, I guess, right. which is but, you know. So it's but, not the ED that is the health scare. It's, it's what leads him to the doctor fair. that the health scare is discovered. Which you know, that's fair. again, <laughs> as a man, a lump on your penis is pretty scary. You're right about the the order of events, as it were. But like, ultimately, because the health scare is pretty much like a side note, because like. Uh, just a few scenes later, he's like, nah, nothing to see here. <laughs> it's just like, why why do that? You know, like, in the original film, 
the health scare brings people into Alfie's life that we get to uh, interact with in a meaningful way. I guess the health scare in the remake kind of brings someone into his life that I don't think really matters. <laughs> Again, we're jumping around quite a bit here, but like uh, they just chose a different way to portray it. And I think that they, for me, there are moments in this remake that I'm like, just kind of lean in a little bit more and it feels like they're pulling back for some reason. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm going to jump in on the health scare. For the original film, it it leads him to meet new people, which leads to new events, but it doesn't change his behavior. In the remake, I think it changes his behavior. Hmm. He's not so much cheating on um women or just hurting women all the time. He tries to actually make commitment in the remake. So, while it doesn't necessarily introduce somebody that's sort of noteworthy or that important but he does try to change his way so the different results from the different health scares and that respective film that, that's fair that's really fair by the way just want to go into that scene with michael kane at the doctor when he's just going back and forth between talking to us and talking to the doctor it's like a long one shot michael kane's fantastic in that mm -hmm. scene i just wanted to throw that out there that, that can't be easy to what? do to switch between talking to a character than having to talk to the audience but what about you alfie she says what will you do what you miss this say 99 99. You know what? I came over quite choked at that bit. Again, whisper it this time. 99. Whisper it again. 99. Of course, I managed before. I managed before I met her, and I managed now she's gone. Uh, yeah, I think that, like, that scene alone is kind of worth, like, if you, if you study, like, film and stuff like that, like, like, one of the number one rules is, like, don't break the fourth wall. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's kind of, like, drilled into your head, like, just don't do it. Like, uh, right. it's done well sometimes, but like most of the time it's done so shittily that it, mm -hmm. like the rule of thumb is don't do it. Uh, Michael Caine pulls it off so well, man. Yeah. Like, like you mentioned, that scene is such a highlight because like just the ease in which he's going. Right. Yeah. And you know, a bird may try to <laughs> over here this long. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, he's really good. It's really good know, in that scene. I, I, I definitely want to shout out that scene. It definitely did not hit the same way in, in the remake. No. Yeah, Jude Law never has like um, a scene like that or a moment where he's able to just sort of go back and forth with such ease that Michael Caine is able yeah. to. Yeah. Now, not to say that Jude Law's fourth wall breaking, I think his uh, his acting and his charm really, I mean, really comes into play. So like, I don't want to undercount him because uh, it's very difficult to do that as well, to really do the entire movie breaking the fourth wall. But like you mentioned, Michael Caine, just there's some just some high highlights in uh, mm -hmm. just that Cockney accent. I don't know, it just, mm -hmm. it, it works, man. Just the way he is kind of like outlining events. So let's go into this love interest, um, sort of the, I put her as the new hot fling in Alfie's life. And that's Jane Asher as Annie in the original. What are you making for? Well, London. Any particular place? Not really. I, I'd like to get a room and a job if I could. Yeah, I might be able to help you. And Sienna Miller as Nikki in the remake. So, Nick. Alfie, I've been thinking. <laughs> Will you look at these cute little potatoes? <laughs> okay. So maybe we should just talk about how he meets each of these women because it's... Yeah quite different um i'll start with jane asher so uh alfie's at a 
I don't know. It's like a truck stop, but not exactly. Because <laughs> it's like all types of drivers. You got truck drivers, you got the cabbies, you got limo drivers. I guess it's like their HUD that they hang out at right, or something like that. And then he notices, or it's even before that, he's driving and he sees this truck driver that he knows pick up this hitchhiker. And then he's kind of stalking them creepily <laughs> into yeah. this uh, area where all these drivers meet. And then he's like, just inquiring about her. He's like, who's, who's, that, who's that bird that Frank's with over there? He's like, I, yeah, just leave it alone, Alfie. Like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything. And then um, <laughs> like, sort of sabotages Frank's truck so that Frank yeah. has to leave her. <laughs> and then while Frank is out there fixing whatever damage Alfie did, of course, Alfie just kind of sneaks in there. And uh, I think he says something along the lines of like, he, he definitely spread some lies about Frank, right? It, yeah, he's he's got this like narrative that he's spinning. It's like, yeah, Frank uh, he's, believes in like sharing women, like you know, multiple <laughs> partners and stuff like that. And he's like, you wouldn't want that, now would you? She's like, no, nah, I wouldn't want that. And it's like, yeah. Yes, he seems nice. Yeah, he share his last cigarette with you. Very good art it is, Frank. You know what? He'll even share his birds with his mates. I mean, she even lays out. I was like, I think Frank's gonna get mad if I leave with you. And he's like, ah, don't worry about Frank. <laughs> and in in some ways, because I think the Sienna Miller character kind of again the remake switches things up a little bit, but like kind of occupies the space. This is a sort of destructive choice that he made. Like this, you know, he's warned, like you mentioned, like leave alone, Alfie. Like don't mess with Frank. And there's there's actual consequence for messing with Frank that comes, I think we'll talk about it as we speak on the women more, but like, mm -hmm. I think these two characters op operate that same kind of like, this is, there's a destructive element to this relationship um, that could be avoided. Yeah. I'll just get into how he meets Nikki really quick. So it's around the holidays. I think it's Christmas time. And then Alfie's talking about one of the loneliest nights of the year. And then he's just randomly driving and he finds this group of people and they're like, hey, let, give us a ride. And he's like, I don't know if I can give you all a ride. And then he sees Nikki with the, with a group of friends and he's like, all right, well, you know what? Uh, maybe you can come over yeah. here. So then he drives them. Um, they're getting drunk. He gets high with her. He convinces her to sit in the front seat with him. And uh, then they go to a Christmas party. Sparks fly between the two of them. They connect. And then I guess sort of love blossoms like... I guess you could say. And um, this is different for Alfie in the remake because this is, he makes a note that this is sort of the first time he's really bringing a woman back to his place. And mm -hmm. it sort of does blossom into like a full relationship where she starts to live with him. But as you said, you know, it gets pretty destructive pretty quickly. It's just one of those things where, uh, yes, uh, it, this is like, uh, there's a show note show here. Like this is a hot new fling, like, him and Miller have a lot of sort of similarities in terms of like, they, you know, just throwing caution to the wind and stuff like that. But she's got problems with alcohol. She's got problems with drugs and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of fighting, things get broken and stuff like that. So it's not a healthy relationship by any stretch of the imagination. And anytime Alfie sort of gets the inkling of like, maybe this should end, um, it always goes back to the hot sex. It's like, it's, <laughs> you know, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Yeah, uh, and like that, <laughs> exactly. And I, I think the movie portrays that fairly well, you know, um, with you know some little cinema tricks of, you know, yeah. close-ups of, it, it's portrayed well, and we kind of get the point. But uh, 
Yeah, in that sense, the person themselves is kind of like the destructive factor and like the reason why Alfie right. shouldn't be interacting with her. I would say in the uh, in the original, Alfie yeah. <laughs> still holds the title. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of a, a destructive piece of shit. Maybe. Yeah, he, so she lives with him, um, talking about, I'm sorry, Annie, talking about Annie in the original. She does live with him too, but man, the way he treats her, it's kind of like it's a terrible. fucking slave almost. Like he makes her fucking do all the cleaning, makes him, mm. makes her do like maybe his laundry and shit. I, I don't, I don't know, but she's like, <laughs> she's just like scrubbing floors every time we see her, man. And he's like, just treating her like, shit he's threatening to hit her you know at times yeah. it's like jeez alfie we're supposed to root for you here what time will you be back alfie Marco, you shouldn't ask me that when i go out that door i don't know what day i'll be back let alone what time i'm what is called a free agent sorry alfie you know as destructive as the jude law and sienna miller relationship gets in that remake at least we see like the good times first you know sure before we get to that uh-oh moment that right. uh, Jude Law describes. So you're able to sort of see this, the arch of this relationship just like go from good to bad and it's easy to follow. And like you said, mm -hmm. it's the way they edited and shot it. It's, it's brief and it, it's done pretty well. In the original though, we never see those good times. We see him mm -hmm. pick her up from that truck stop or whatever. And then she's just kind of this slave that he has. And it's like, yeah. you just feel bad for her the whole time. Yeah, it's like, you know, all she's doing is kind of her best. She's scrubbing the floor, she's doing laundry and stuff like that. And she's and, also a foreigner, you know, so, too, so she has nowhere to go. So she's dependent right. on him right now. Right. And, you know, it's part of just that uh, for her, it's it's a bit of an escape, too. Like, Alfie mentioned it kind of briefly at times. That like, I think she's doing it just to distract herself, which is true. It's like, what else is she going to do? Like you mentioned, you're in a place you're connected to this guy who's not great um then you know you want to talk about real scumbag reading her diary <laughs> where she keeps her secret her secret thoughts they need secret thoughts out <laughs> and he's like you don't have any thoughts it's like really <laughs> <laughs> she's not allowed to have thoughts <laughs> it's a weird portrayal and it does put alfie in that in that darker category that um that he's able to occupy I would say, like, uh, when you see Jude Law do something, as an aside, very similar, like, uh, he's got the, the woman he's renting the apartment from, and, and, you know, like, he'll walk out and he's like, ah, oh, you know, I, I'm going to be working late. I'm not going to be able to, like, clean my, you know, make my bed or something like no, that. No, he, he says, like, oh. this is what he says. This is what he says. He says, I'm sorry if I'm making noise late at night because I get home late, and that's when I do my cleaning, you know, so I'm sorry if it keeps you up. Oh, don't worry. I'll do the cleaning so you won't have to get up. Like, oh, really? Thanks again. <laughs> I'll see you later. And he's like, keys in the same spot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You don't need to do that. Nonsense. I like doing things for you, Alfie. I'm a blessed man having you in my life. Thank you. Keys are in the usual spot. That to me is like the level of manipulation right. that, um, that this remake Alfie gets to. Mm -hmm. He uh, he's very much kind of like towing the line without crossing it for mm -hmm. much of the film. There's a moment where he crosses it, but uh, he, he seems to be a more like, I think you can do that sort of Jude Law is the main thing you're seeing. Right. Ha ha ha. Look at him. He's like, he's talking fast, like, because he still has charisma 
and he hasn't gotten to villain territory. I mean, at this point in the original, Alfie is just not a great guy, right? Like he's, <laughs> like you mentioned, he um, sabotages Frank. You know, he's warned not to do it. He treats Annie like shit. He treats the other one in his life like shit. Um, and uh, it gets to the point in the remake with Sienna Miller, the violence kind of comes from her side. Right. And this original, the violence comes from Alfie because, you know, she makes him a meal and he's tossing shit across the house. And um, I respect Jane Asher's uh, sort of choice as an actress because um, she really turns that switch. Like when he throws a thing, you can see it in her face. Just everything changes, right? Mm, yeah. Nothing to discuss. I'm leaving, packs her stuff, and she is gone. And like that to me was such a strong moment for that character, really for the film. And Alfie, in his Alfie brain, realizes that he's gone a bit too far, and he tries to like chase after winter back, but the damage, the damage is done. Um, really, really great character and great scene in the original. And same thing seeing the Miller. I mean, she, just that someone that can match Alfie's kind of output and energy. But what that really translates to is the destruction that you would expect two people like that in a relationship. Uh, I, I think both actors really uh, bring more out of the Alfie character in their portrayals. Yeah, it's just, I guess, easier to swallow in the remake just because it's not all on Alfie like it was in the original right. film, right? I think you put it poignantly by saying it was both of them. You have two unstable people thinking they can put something together stable and make it stable. That's, that's not going to work, right? So by having it kind of explode on itself because, well, they weren't equipped to handle it from the beginning. So it was nice because they're both pretty, but, you know, this was never going to last. Um, just going back to um, how Alfie in the remake kind of like sort of cleverly gets people to do things for him. Um, as opposed to Michael Caine, who's just a little darker <laughs> how he gets some people to do things. I think it's a little more of the, a give and take in the remake. He kind of goes over it at, at the ending. He's like, you know, there's a lot of giving and taking I do, but I feel like I've been doing a lot more taking than giving. Um, so like while he is manipulating that old lady to, you know, clean his apartment, he is at least being, you know, being respectful to her, just being really polite and, you know, put turning on that charm to her and, you know, some old lady getting charmed from this like young good-looking bloke <laughs> i guess you know she's gonna appreciate that so he is giving her something at least he's not just completely sure. taking even though he's getting more out of it <laughs> and she's not quite getting the same in return but you know he's at least giving something as opposed to i guess michael kane's alfie who can just take <laughs> something right because i know we're talking about more of like the set piece big relationships another kind of major difference um in the Alfies, I would say is that uh, the remake Alfie has a reputation kind of around town, which is pretty intense given that it's New York City <laughs> um, for like hooking up with people and stuff like that. So like when, like you mentioned, when the ED uh, scenario comes into play, uh, it, it's very impactful because that kind of is his lifeblood. Like, yes, he's manipulating people. Um, and of course, they're both sleeping around town and stuff like that, but like, um it is just so much more of a major character trait the way jude law portrays this uh portrays this and like again it, it feels like kind of yeah it's shitty but it's like all right you know he's running around town sleeping with people uh i'm saying all that just to say that the original alfie there's just such a darkness <laughs> in his uh in the way that he operates and moves like uh 
you know, he's just ready to throw out abortions to anybody that <laughs> that needs him. And and then like the fact that there's this there's this violent aspect to him. Um, I know there's some other things that we're gonna talk about in terms of the way he talks about women too. Like, I don't know, there's just something a little more palatable. And I think by design for this Jewel Alfie. Right. However, it does take away from some of the big major moments in the Alfie story. But uh overall I think Jude Law is just cleaner in most of his interactions. Yeah, agreed. You're kind of leaning towards um well you had mentioned abortion, so maybe we should lean into that and go into yeah. this this other character. <laughs> so this isn't the same exact character in both films but it's pretty it's it's a very similar the setup so yeah. we'll we'll mention um the woman and the partner and the this is the woman that alfie gets pregnant and, and an abortion is thrown there so we have vivian merchant as lily clamacraft don't worry about him lily you'll be on soon and alfie base is harry Clamorcraft. Say your old woman picks up with a bloke and brings him up. No, Lily, she wouldn't. And then in the remake, it's Nia Long as Lynette. All right. I got something for you. Oh. I've never had sex. I've never had sex with two people in one night. And Omar Epps as Marlon. Do you ever deal on any real level? Why would I want to just say that? I think the place to start is the differences between as much as we're going to talk about the women i think the difference between harry and marlon okay in this film. Um, that's a good idea we already talked about it before so maybe we can go into it again we'll start with the original alfie meets harry because he has that health scare uh, we said we already talked about that great scene where michael kane's at the doctor and he's going back and forth between us and the doctor and then that's when they find a spot on his lungs like i said before this freaks out Michael Caine a little bit. Ultimately, it's not too serious, but they do have to put him in like a sort of, not not a hospital. Um, I'm not exactly sure where he is, but he's, he's some area where he's constantly surrounded by nurses and doctors and you sort of have to live there temporarily until you're healed. For, I don't know exactly know the term for it's that. like it feels like it's a rehab but it's not you know it's like yeah. um but I guess the design is he's got these dark shadows on his lungs so you know let's get you out to some fresh country air let's get you away from the city and rest it you know it appears that rest is the uh rest is what's gonna end up curing his symptoms at least by the doctor's estimation so that's how we get to the scenario yeah so you know Alfie's there and that's when he makes friends with his, I guess, roommate, this Harry. Um, I don't exactly know why Harry's there. Or did we get the details of Harry's condition? I really forget, but um, it's something similar, right? Like he's got some kind of lung issue. Uh, it's got him bedridden. Uh, he goes around in a wheelchair. And I know that he really, in a lot of ways, doesn't have the energy for all of the visits, mm. right? Um, when a visit happens, it's almost like he's taking a step back. So, you know, Alfie makes note of that, but I don't recall what the exact condition was. Yeah. So Harry is his roommate and he's got this wife, Lily, that visits occasionally. Alfie kind of talks about relationships with Harry about like, well, your wife's out there. She could 
Quinn kind of be doing whatever she wants because you're in here sort of trying to motivate him to get better, but at the same time kind of insulting the institution of marriage at the same time. Well, she, <laughs> she can do whatever right. she wants, but you, so you got to get out of here because marriage isn't that sacred. Um, and then Harry just won't hear any of it. And at the same time, like Alfie's still kind of doing the Alfie thing and like hooking up with nurses in the same room, but just like shielding themselves with a curtain. And that's the only thing uh, just preventing everybody from seeing everything that Alfie's doing. Right. They don't really agree about marriage and everything, but they do become friends because even after Alfie is cured, he'll still go back and visit Harry. Um, and it's one of these visits that he happens to run into Lily who's visiting at the same time. And he kind of jokes like, Oh, if I knew you were here, I wouldn't have come here because they, they don't necessarily not get along, but they're, they're not as tight as Harry right. and Alfie are. And then it's at the suggestion of Harry. that he's like, Oh, why don't you give her a ride home? And he's like, Oh, all right. I guess so. If I have to, but he doesn't just give her a ride home. They go get some food. They go on a nice little picnic. They got some, yeah. some alcohol there. One thing leads to another and then they have sex but it doesn't end there because she's pregnant what, what makes it all so messed up too is that like alfie's constantly kind of reinforcing that this isn't his type of woman she's kind of uh, <laughs> by his estimation sort of a little frumpish and you know uh mumsy as he says a lot in the film um so it's like it's like you're not really attracted to the guy's wife and then you know, you, you're friends with the guy too. You've right. had long debates. He's explaining to uh, the guy like, oh yeah, some bloke's gonna come. Next thing you know, he's Uncle Phil and he's he's having sex with your wife and, and the kids are looking for Uncle Phil. I mean, where are you? And he's describing this entire scenario. It ultimately it just comes down to, it's like, you're talking about yourself, you're projecting because that's what <laughs> you're gonna do. And like, you assume that that's gonna happen. And sure enough, it's what he does. He sleeps with this guy's wife and I mean, there's some shame that he has about it, but like, I mean, it's a pretty shameless move from this Alfie character who just cannot seem to control himself. What harm can it do? Old Harry will never know. And even if he did, he shouldn't begrudge me. Nor her company. And it will round off the tea nicely. I mean, it's not the first time his actions have had consequences, but I guess it's one of the first times his actions actually really caught up with him. Um, the way this all plays out. Yeah, and before we really get into what happened there, um, I think it's important to introduce this character of Marlon, played by Omar Epps. What I appreciate about this portrayal is that Marlon works directly with um, Alfie. They both uh, work for that same limo company. It's a hole in the wall owned by Mr. Wing. Like, it's supposed to be not glamorous, um, but Marlon and Alfie have dreams together. Like. They're thinking about buying the place, starting their own business. They're, they're really good friends. It's mm -hmm. Actually, I think the only friend that I'm aware of that Alfie has. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Marlon is dating Lynette, and they're, they've been dating for a while. Yeah, they're on a break, like some sort of breakup occurred. They had a disagreement. He wouldn't and commit in to that. Her. He, he wouldn't propose to her was pretty much what happened. Like she wanted that engagement ring. He said he needed more time. So she put the kibosh on it. Okay, perfect. So that frames everything up uh, perfectly. And like we said, we've seen Jew Law hooking up with a bunch of uh, women throughout the film. There's this scene where Lynette's a bartender, so they're both sitting at the bar. She 
angrily throws down Omar Epps <laughs> drinking and her and Alfie kind of ha- hang out afterwards. And it's so obvious where this is going. They're yeah. playing pool. They're drinking. They're know. talking about like various things. What was the thing about sex? They were talking about sex a lot. And like, she, I you know, ever she done it definitely with... asked him how many partners he's had in one night. Like that was a question. Right. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's just one of those things where like, look, tales all the time. You see two people and all that stuff and they they hook up mm-hmm. and going back in this in this original um yes it's certainly a portrayal what happens with uh with harry's wife right like spend all this time this guy you know how the guy feels about the scenario that you presented you know it's going to crush him if he ever finds out but you can't help yourself it, you know shameful in that sense mm-hmm. this remake even more so man <laughs> first of all you know it's your best friend he's in love yeah. with this girl they're like they haven't been broken up more than a month at this point. Like you gotta assume that there's a possibility they get back together. And drinking all this stuff is not really an excuse for hooking up with your best friend's uh uh basically fiance. And you know, that that is a bigger portrayal. So I do appreciate the movie um upping the ante. This is one of the few times where they up the ante. Um and when they do, it it works really, really well. Um because Marlon is his his friend is just so it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you know, more than usual. Yeah, and then again we have Alfie justifying it to himself, like, well, I'm not really the bad guy here because if I do it, then she can get over this thing, and then she'll be able to accept Marlon because she had also mentioned that Marlon had been messaging or getting in touch with his ex too that was part of the reason they broke up so well if i'm able to do this for her then she can go back to him and sure enough the next day we think marlon's going to confront alfie about like what'd you do last night with lynette but no it's because whatever you did she took me back immediately and now i proposed and we are together so again it's uh, it's sort of that reinforcement of this terrible behavior that like oh well it wasn't that bad because everything i said would happen happened um it the betrayal is bigger but the end result is well now my friend gets what he wants he's back with his girl and they're engaged so um you know (laughs) he can lie to himself and all day and just say well it worked out for the best even though it was a terrible thing he did and that, that's uh that's alfie's mo it's like you mm-hmm. there's always an excuse right like yeah all right sure this wasn't the best thing to happen but what are you gonna do um that logic in the original still plays out in what is you know arguably one of the more powerful scenes in the movie mm-hmm. his logic when lily is pregnant is that well we don't need harry finding out about this it'll crush him it could kill him mm-hmm. so he makes his very very dark choice with the uh with the abortionist um, in the original, when the abortion comes up, they plan it, they work that out together, and you see kind of, I, I mean, you see the guy come in, you hear about all the dangers and what could happen. It's in his own flat. You see that, you don't really see the aftermath, but you see the aftermath of his consequences and how that, how that rocks Alfie to his core. Versus the remake where, you know, there's talk about the abortion, and you know you think they're going to go through with it, and then Marlon and Lynette move, and now Alfie's estranged from his friend, which impacts some of his his life as well because like now he really doesn't have anybody as he's going through this rough patch in his life. To find out ultimately the abortion didn't happen, let's start a Venn diagram here of like how <laughs> <I fucked> up <laughs> this scene is. I I personally think that um, 
that Michael Caine's reaction to seeing the aftermath, uh, for lack of a, a better word, of this abortion is it's shocking, it's jarring. You don't even need to see the terrible thing that's happened there. Like you mentioned in the past about movies, our imagination can do wonders. Um, Just seeing him break down, him crying in his face, and it's just like, yeah, dude, too far. <laughs> you went too far. I mean, like, this yeah. is too much. And I give uh, Vivian Merchant a lot of credit. Just her somber expression, you know, just leave, Alfie. Uh, don't don't look like just her stoic mm -hmm. emptiness. Like that line where she says, "I feel empty." Just wow, it's a powerful, powerful scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, it, it is enough finally to make Alfie start to reconsider the choices that he's made in his life. Um, it, I think in that film, in terms of impact, I, I can't understate how impactful that scene is. And it puts the film over top into like making it a, just a very strong film uh, when you see that scene. Yeah, because um, just going back to the setup of it a little bit, you have Denholm Elliott playing the abortion doctor. Well, I haven't seen in any films other than the Indiana Jones movies, so I was happy. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> it's uh, Brody from <laughs> Indiana Jones. Anyway, uh, so he's he's the abortion doctor. Also, um, it's after a month of her pregnancy, and I guess at that point it was illegal to have an abortion after 28 days. So what they're doing is very illegal at this point in time. So that's why there's all this extra urgency for secrecy because not only is it would it be terrible if harry found out but you know there's a possibility of jail time <laughs> if anybody finds out about this so it has to happen like in alfie's apartment where like nobody can see it um and then while you know alfie the whole time he's like trying to be supportive but he's still like pretty easygoing i guess you could say at that point and when Lily's going to get the abortion, he leaves. And that's when he also sees his kid at the birthday or something with yeah, uh, something like that. yeah, he's, he, that's when he sees the kid at the birthday. And then that's when he starts to feel this rejection, right? So you have him being rejected by one kid. And then he sees pretty much the aborted fetus of his other kid. And then it's just too much too much for him to handle at that point so yeah michael Caine's alfie breaks down at that moment um yeah definitely the most powerful scene of the two films um just because at that point you hadn't seen real emotion or heartache from alfie about the whole yeah. film and just um michael Caine's able to turn it on at that point really well it was, it was a really powerful scene yeah, I mean, uh, going into that shift, right? Like, this is the one time where, like, Alfie's bullshit <laughs> is out the window. You can't rationalize this moment, man. Like, you can't say it's all for the best. Because, like, for, for, for this character, at least from what we've seen so far, this is kind of business as usual. I guess when we're pregnant, I tell me to get an abortion, even right. though it's the 60s, and, you know, mm -hmm. boom. Man. You know, I can disappear. I can be involved and not. This is, and like you said, that that inflection where he doesn't have a relationship with his own kid. He sees the life that he potentially could have had if he chose to, uh, you know, commit to somebody. 
he sees the results of his bad actions in the board of fetuses is one thing, but then also like just the damage that he's brought to so many people's life. You know, mm-hmm. he damaged Harry's life irreparably. Uh, what he did to uh, Lily's family, what he did to Lily, you know, um, and yeah, putting 25 quid back in her purse and handing her, uh, you know, the, the stuff teddy bear is just, you can't put this back together. The damage is, is <laughs> yeah. it's irreparable. And I mean, again, even for a film from like 1966, it's such a strong mm-hmm. scene. I put it up against, I mean, a lot of scenes I've seen in cinema. Michael Caine really does the face that he gives when, you know, he's supposed to be looking at this, uh, this fetus. It's just so, so strong. And like, I mean, like you mentioned, especially between the two films, um, just probably the strongest scene in, out of all the scenes in both movies. Yeah. Really well done. Yeah. Then we have something similar, but different. (laughs) I hate saying that. It's different, right? It is very different. So like you said, Alfie got Lynette pregnant and then he did take her to get an abortion. She, you know, she looked shaken after the procedure. And then um, out of nowhere, um, he just hears when he goes to work that Marlon's just gone. Lynette and Marlon are gone. And they never said goodbye to him. All he's left is a note. And he's mm-hmm. just like, what the, this sucks. And then, but they say like, so we moved up here because we figured um, we're going to get a fresh start or something, something along those lines for better job or something is, is up yeah. North upstate. So whatever, come visit us. He's like, sure. I, I guess I will. So um, I'm just trying to remember where Alfie is at this point in the movie when I he think, actually decides to visit her. I, is this after the, breakup or i think this is after the breakup with cena miller like okay he goes through that really obviously rough patch in his life which allows for as we mentioned kids are really the only way to tell time in this so she's pregnant by the time he goes to visit clearly it's at least nine months later uh so i think he does have his whole fling with cena miller and he's grappling with that aspect um it took him a lot to actually get to upstate new york he had to go through some things to even build up the courage to do that so you know I, i'm a little because the way the, the movie's filmed i'm a little lost in terms of the timeline but i know it should be after that the reason he decides to see lynette i guess is because this is when he sees julie again at the coffee shop with the new guy and then like we said before he just this feeling of rejection isn't as impactful because we don't know who the hell this guy is it, it doesn't matter. He he needs to see somebody. He needs to see a familiar face, uh, friendly familiar face, hopefully. So that's when he goes to see Lynette. And then you, you're not really sure what's happened. You're assuming she already had the abortion at this point and that she's just living with Marlon up there. And then you go there and then she's like, you don't have to worry. Marlon's not here. And you're a baby crying. And you're like, oh, I guess she had a baby with Marlon. And then you're like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. wait a minute maybe she didn't and then you see the baby and he looks a little bit whiter than he probably should if it was marlon's kid and then Mm -hmm. you're like oh my god she actually had the kid and then fucking marlon must have just split and that's why he's not here and then it's like no you know what he actually manned the fuck up and decided to raise this kid like his own and it's just like yeah (laughs) now if he's had he's just like wow (laughs) this is i I can never do that. It's just, it's insane to him. And then there is a brief interaction with Marlon as he's leaving and Marlon just being the bigger man was just like, just go, <laughs> just go, man. Yeah. Like it's pretty shocking. Um, I didn't it see is. it coming. 
uh, you know, knowing the source material and, you know, I made all these assumptions that she had the abortion. Oh, that maybe she had the kid with Marlon. Oh, Marlon must have left. Oh, she had the kid. Alvy's kid in Marlon State. So it definitely went a direction I didn't expect. And it was pretty impactful in its own way. Um, mostly because Marlon stayed. Like, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. I, I didn't expect it, I think so. It's just so, so heavy, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, all right, you're friends with this guy. He betrays right. you in this manner. Um, I think they, the way that they chose to show that sequence was really smart to yeah. have him show up. Right. Lynette's there by himself. So they get to freely talk about their interaction. Right. Then, the, like you mentioned, the realization about the baby. <laughs> Next scene, you're seeing the actual kid, and you're like, all right, <laughs> it's not looking so, it's not looking so good. And then to have Marlon come back, and you know they moved around this line a little bit. Like for Harry, it was you know Alfie describing something, um, you know, cheating on someone. He's like, yeah, but I never mean to hurt him, Harry. I never mean to cause any harm. And he's like, but you do, Alfie. You do. <laughs> um, <laughs> You get that line from Marlon, and it's so much more impactful. And it's like, uh, he's like, Marlon, I didn't mean to hurt you. He's like, you know, same exact line, but in this context, yeah. wow. It's just such a, again, like the movie doesn't go as dark as often, but like in a weird roundabout way, this is really such a fucked up yeah. <laughs> scenario. Because um, you don't hear from Marlon for so long. You have no idea what's happening. And then just to have his character come back in this fashion, it's just like, yeah, it's complete complete shocker. <laughs> I mean, it's so impactful, too, because we know Alfie doesn't have any friends, right? So it's like you portrayed your best friend, kind of blew up this whole idea that you guys have for your future and business. This, this woman who, you know, you're friends with as well, but is now also the mother of your child. You're now estranged because she says there's nothing for you to do here. And Marlon uh, reinforced that. It's like, dude, you've done quite enough. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he's more or less exiled. It's like, yeah, we're... <laughs> you, you hurt me, man, and you can't fix it. So he has yeah. to reconcile with that for really the rest of his life. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a impactful scene. Certainly not as impactful as, you know, this sort of illicit abortion. That that was right. really, that's dark. In, in this case, right. at least the kid has a chance at life or something like that. Marlon and her may be able to reconcile that, but like, yeah, dude, uh, real scumbag move, man. Yeah, real I think also... Move. I think it's more impactful because it's not necessarily um, what Alfie did. It's it's more just like, it's really Marlon. It's just like his decision or the decision to just raise this Alfie's kid. Like, this is your yeah. best friend. He slept with the woman you love. He impregnated her. And now you are faced with this decision to either just leave and stay. And like I said, he manned up and stayed and just like, yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's incredible. And, you know, it's not necessarily anything Alfie did to make him stay. That's a, that was that's all true. Marlon. That's true. Even um, even in the original, bring bring that point home too. Uh, it's not Alfie, right? Like Alfie reaction. Sure, that's part of it. But like Alfie's again, really just an avatar of like the horror that he brought about. Like um, Lily's reaction, her like I mentioned before, her stoicism, her mm -hmm. emptiness is really what brings that scene home. Um, you know, Michael Caine's crying is is good, but like it's the reality of the situation. And I think Omar Epps pulls that off too. The reality that every time you look at your kid every day, yeah. the rest of your life, you're going to be reminded of that, you know, that jerk that you're supposed to be your friend who betrayed you and put you in this situation. And I mean, 
to deal and live with that for your entire life, uh, that's rough. And like you mentioned, the impact on Alfie, sure, you know, um, he loses his kid, which is kind of what he wanted anyway, in, in some sense. But like now, he, sure, he has to live with it, but like, he didn't have to see it. <laughs> there are days he might forget that that even happened. That Marlon can never get that back. Yeah. Really, really fucked. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that coming because it, you know, the remake, so, you know, it didn't seem as heavy like like we said before. There weren't, there weren't these heavy moments like there were so much in the original. Like Jude Law's Alfie seemed a lot more easygoing or maybe just a little more lighthearted and then just to have this whole you know, the, what is it called? The roosters come home to nest or chickens come home to roost. Yeah. The chickens come home to roost. And it's just like, bam, bam, bam. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> so yeah, another impactful scene. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. nuts. And it's, it's, you know, it's a really smart way of doing it because it would be really hard to match um, what Michael Caine did in that original film, you know, to make, to do a one-to-one -one like that. So to change it up, to have it be like your best friend's wife or, or fiance and then, now she had the kid and then he stays. It was a really smart way of sort of doing the same thing and just not doing exactly the same thing. So um, the remake yeah. did well there, I think. Yeah, and, and it was smart to kind of stay away from the third rail because, I mean, it's a more modern film. There's been, a, I guess, advancements in this, but it's still a controversial subject for a lot of people. It's like mm -hmm. to avoid really diving into like, um, like an abortion, especially one that's kind of like, close to more of like a later end of pregnancy one. I, I think it was a smarter choice to avoid that. And they found a way to make a similar impact with the kids. So it was like, wow, that's, it, it was a, one of the stronger choices that they made in the movie. Um, again, I don't think it quite raises to the level of uh, what we see in that Michael Caine movie, but it certainly, certainly is the heaviest and like, like biggest scene in this film in this yeah. film i mean it's just it comes out like you I mean it comes out of nowhere yeah it hits you just a gut punch yeah so two very strong scenes in each of the respective films mm -hmm. but alfie's not done yet this is sort of a catalyst for making alfie really want to change and he does decide maybe it is time to stop doing this shit and settle down and he tries to i don't know commit to a woman he had been seeing before and in the original, it's Shelley Winters' Ruby. Don't be so disgusting. And the radio. Here, you've got a bloke in there, haven't you? It's none of your damn business. You pick him up cheap, too. And in the remake, it's Susan Sarandon's Liz. Underneath all that bravado beats the heart of a guy who's not nearly as cocky as he wants everybody to believe. Both of these sort of older women, um, sort of wealthier women, not necessarily the girls that he'd just been going for before. So we get introduced to Shelley Winters in this like weird side job. That <laughs> this definitely doesn't exist today. <laughs> it's an intro, that's it. And, and we get a similar kind of thing uh, in both films. Well, I'll say this, Susan Sarandon, I guess he meets, he's working limo, he starts interacting with her, right? Like that's how they right. start hooking up. Yep. Um, you get this similar kind of like, it happens sort of towards the middle of the film when they first meet mm -hmm. and they interact the first time. Uh, it's kind of like one of those moments where Alfie's like, hey, look, I, I made it, right? Like you can sleep with all these other people, but now I'm in high rises. <laughs> this thing's 15 quid a week, you know? <laughs> um, 
so you get to see that like this the interaction with ruby and liz are high sort of watermarks for him in terms of the level of wealth and like quality of life of the woman he's uh he's attracted uh so that it makes sense that when he's at his lowest he's trying to kind of rekindle the flame hmm. with with this older woman and also i think it takes uh it's like also like the last bridge he didn't burn. Yeah, kind of. pretty much. <laughs> you know, he's sort of weighing the pros and cons of being with an older woman. Ultimately, in both films, you get this scene where he's had this redemption, like not really, but he's, he's <laughs> trying to have a redemption right. arc. Right. And uh, when he shows up, he gets a taste of his own medicine, you know. Um, uh, Liz and, and, well, Ruby, Ruby and Liz, you get... Yeah, he, he finally brings them flowers. <laughs> He's finally going to change his ways. And, you know, they let on more or less that someone else is in the room. Yeah. Well, um, in the original, I like the original because, like, he's just, he's, well, in both films, he's about to leave. But in the original, he notices a guitar. He's like, wait, am I, what, what, what are you saying? So all about? And then he goes, sees the room. And you actually see the younger guy in the original. Yeah. In the remake, they choose not to see him. Like, Jude Law just gets savvy. Like, something's not quite right here. Is there another man here? So it's slightly different. I just thought the guitar is just a funny thing. Yeah, it's funny. And seeing the guy on the bed was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, like, they almost give uh, the remake the, the treatment. They, they give that impactful scene the original where you don't see the guy. Um, yeah. So, it, and then, you know, Jude Law, his reaction is, again, same thing. But, like, I think Jude Law really ramps it up and was like, what does he have that I don't have? You know? Um, Come on. Come on. Come on, just tell me. Just tell me, come on. What's he got better than me? Let's put it this way. I think Susan Sarandon really, really pulled off like the, the kind of like the sultry older woman mm -hmm. uh, uh, has her own agency. Um, she seemed like, even though, you know, they're, they're hooking up and stuff, like she seemed very much in control of that situation from the jump. Shelly Winders felt like she was a little more flattered initially by him and mm -hmm. you know it made me feel like Alfie was just kind of you know being Alfie but I right. think Susan Sarandon's portrayal ever so slightly uh for me edged it out just uh uh she just seemed more kind of with it the entire time like the scene where they hook up the scene where there's the the uh the younger guy it's just um they really played that scene up more where to your point the original played it more comedically with the guitar and the guy mm -hmm. uh so that's really the main difference. You get the same result. Yeah. I think it's more obvious in the remake that he was going to get cheated on because when you meet Susan Sarandon's Liz, yeah, when you meet Susan Sarandon's Liz, she's with a man and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I didn't want to bother your husband. Well, that's not my husband, but he's got the winner. I didn't say I'm, I'm not his wife. So you already know she's, she's kind of like a female Alfie. She's sleeping with a married man. You don't get that from Ruby. You don't really know who this other guy is that she's with in the beginning. Um, so, yeah, I guess sort of that agency. Like Susan Strandon's, she's playing the same game as Alfie, so it shouldn't have come as much of a shock as it was in the original film because you didn't really know too much about Ruby. Um, you'd known she'd been married, but she didn't uh, really show signs of, like, infidelity like Susan Sarandon right. did. So it was just, right. I guess, less impactful in that aspect because you could see it coming. Yeah, it's like you can see it coming and just uh, in tonally, the two 
scenes, though very similar, play slightly different. Because like Susan Sarandon, like you mentioned, basically has him out the door, but she just couldn't get that one last line out <laughs> that made him kind of incredulous. And uh, it felt kind of more like a real interaction, like from the acting perspective, they're like, mm -hmm. this is kind of how that may have played out. Whereas the original really did feel a bit comedic because like Michael Caine's really laying it on. He's like, I brought two roses and he's <laughs> like really starting to go off and she's like, well, I got a headache and <laughs> all that stuff. And then seeing the guy really does like, Put it over the top for me because just sitting there with no shirt on the bed. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, same same thing. But Sarandon's character, like you mentioned, uh, felt like she was playing the game. It should have been obvious to Alfie that he was getting played, um, and sort of the logical conclusion happened there. Whereas the uh, Ruby that felt a little more out of left field, though not any less impactful. So that's pretty much all the women in Alfie's life. Um, not sure where to go from here. I had mentioned Joe. I don't know if we want to talk about him in the remake because we talk about Alfie not having friends, but he does have one friend and that is Joe. It's the old man that he randomly runs into in the men's bathroom. And when you're old, you learn to be patient. Yeah. Used to be I never had time for nothing. Go, go, go great place to make friends <laughs> uh, he runs into him at the men's bathroom when he's uh getting the results back for whatever's on his penis which just sounds funny yeah. um so um and then for some reason joe i guess he's just you know he sees an, a young man in need so he decides to give him some life advice while he's struggling to just take a piss and uh this a friendship uh blossoms and he gives Alfie his business card. He's like, yeah, if you ever want to talk, he's like, call. He's like, you're not going to call. He's like, I might, I might, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I like how they at least address the absurdity. Like, I don't think you're going to call. Um, but yeah, yeah, after Alfie sees Lynette's child, which is also his child, that's when he calls Joe and just like, I don't, I don't know what to do, man. Like I wouldn't have stayed. Um, it's a weird that, you know, he made this friend in the bathroom. It lets us um, sort of digest everything that just happened. Cause this happens He's with Joe right after we see uh, Marlon come back and then we learn about that that's Alfie's kid and just like, wow, like I needed a moment to breathe there because there, there was a lot going yeah. on in that scene. So just him being able to, you know, talk it out with Joe and just being like, yeah, if I, I wouldn't have stayed. If it was me, I wouldn't have stayed. Right. And it just, it just, you know, it just adds to that previous scene. So while he's like kind of a throwaway character because he just, um, He's only there for like two scenes, but he does sort of, I guess, help us see the real Alfie because like the whole time he's, he's almost like putting on a show for us. Like, well, look how cool I am. Look right. at all these cool rules. Look at all these cool chicks I'm going to bang and stuff like that. So it just lets Alfie get to not, he doesn't have to be like always at 10. He could he can relax a little bit and just take it easy and just like figure out what the fuck am I doing with my life? Yeah, that that for sure is a part of it, right? Like this, this what am I doing with my life? aspect uh you also have really this um <clears throat> the impact of just like alfie's life sort of again theory or philosophy being played out against an older man who's who's been there sort of done that found love um had heartbreak but like he was like yeah man you're acting like a fucking you know <laughs> like, you gotta you know he's like you gotta tighten up it's like yeah he listened to alfie and was again a shoulder to cry on but he was ultimately like yeah, man, you can't live like this. <laughs> what, what's it getting you? And 
it's it's good to see someone like that in the film to play off. It, it kind of fits the Harry narrative, but actually even more so than Harry the original because like he's he's had his entire life and it is counter to the cynical take that Alfie has. It's like, yeah, bad things happen to me, but like you move on. You, you you're okay basically. And he's giving this guy a pep talk when maybe he doesn't even really deserve a pep talk. And uh it's a good character, like you mentioned, even for a throwaway. For a guy that basically has a, a monologue while he's taking a piss and then they have like a small walk <laughs> after that heavy scene. Um actually a decent character for this small amount of screen time. I agree. Yeah. I almost don't like that it's just kind of a random, but it actually plays well into who Alfie is because he's sort of such a jerk he's really isolated himself so much he really has nobody that he has to call this random guy that he right. met in the bathroom once like because he has no friends he has nobody because he's never made a good connection or he's always like done something to people to like yeah just completely isolate himself so while it's like weak a little bit it makes sense at the same time that it would be this random yeah. old man yeah it's like i i've struggled with getting over their relationship because it's so like not a thing like you mentioned like uh just i don't know like the bathroom talking scene just i don't know what i call an old guy that i've met in the bathroom probably yeah i feel like stop talking (laughs) yeah they do address it they address it and like given what we've seen in his life yeah i that might be a moment that would make me call an old man i met in the bathroom (laughs) just to bend his ear man um yeah, it's like it's like I want Joe to be more important, but to your point, it is it's, it works. It, yeah, it does work. You know? Yeah, I, I'm conflicted with this character, <laughs> which I think is actually a good thing in some ways. Um, I, I just don't recall anything like that um, in the original. Damn, you know, I, I wish when we were talking about the this is a side before it really brings home. I wish we had talked about because uh, we talked about Sienna Miller being destructive. But that bar fight after uh, Annie in the original is yeah. like Monty Python level. Yeah, <laughs> that was that Crazy. kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it almost reminded me of like because I had watched Airplane recently, so there's like this huge, <laughs> yeah. huge bar fight in Airplane. It was like it was, it was over the top silly at moments, and it, it definitely took me out of the film. <laughs> one of the things I didn't think necessarily aged well in that original film. No, it didn't, but uh, I would be remiss not to bring it up because, like, the way they showed destruction with Santa Miller was well done, you know, maybe kind of, like, cliche, a little tropey, but, like, look, they nailed it, so I can't complain. Versus that film where it's like, all right, this random bar fight, they throwing bottles at the singer and stuff like that, there's a tall guy. It was, just, it was a really weird... Like seeing it did not feel like a bar fight. To your point, it did feel like a, like something you would see in airplane or like blazing saddles or something like that. Yeah. Just really weird. You know, even after this Joe scene and uh, all the stuff that's happened in Alfie's life, we kind of get this this one last scene where um, he's interacting with City, the woman that we see him hooking up with at the beginning of the film, um, in the original, and Jane Krakowski's um, Dory. Dory, in the yeah in the remake. It's the scene, like Alfie's at this super, super low moment. He's walking, he's just projected by Ruby, and he sees that, that last, again, he's burned so many bridges. Maybe this is the last one, the <laughs> woman he ghosted 
at the beginning of the movie. And when he's talking to City, he's like, oh, you know, maybe we can meet up the same place at the same time. She's like, yeah, I know, Alfie, it's been a long time, you know. Um, uh, you know, they talk about the handkerchief again. There's, there's really, to your point, there's really not much to that interaction other than he's, he's throwing out this last Hail Mary, like maybe <laughs> I can make it work with City. And she's, she's uninterested, you know, you had your chance. I get what this was. I, I don't give a shit anymore, really. Yeah. And uh, he's left there by himself. Same thing with Dory, you know, he, he sees her, he's like, let's do it. But like Dory really gets into the fact that like, that he hurt her. Mm-hmm. Like the way you left things, the way you, I guess you got tired of, um, tired of me, had an impact and there's actually like an apology there. I'm sorry. I think, yeah. again, minor note, but uh, notable that Alfie sits there and says, you know, hey, Dory, you know, I'm sorry. And right. for that character, it's actually <laughs> kind of big. <laughs> 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 the bare minimum is kind of big. And it leads ultimately uh, both of those interactions. The women walk off, they go to live their lives and be with their husbands more or less and live out the rest of their days. Alfie's sitting here um side of the road by himself talking to the camera and he's wondering what was it all full mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh i think michael Caine's monologue is better <laughs> just throwing it out there but uh jude law yeah it's okay decent decent kind of ending at least for me i felt that jude law had somewhere to go right like because he said sorry mm-hmm. because you know it wasn't like the super dark abortion scene it was a bad scene what he did to marlin he's young enough he's learned enough i think that maybe he can move forward and i think going back to why joe was important i think joe does help us realize that he can move forward um michael kane seems just a little more like futile so yeah yeah, maybe he'll figure (laughs) out but it did feel like we were left with this guy who just like this is who i am (laughs) what's it all about and then the little song comes on <laughs> What's it all? Alfie song. It, it was. I don't know. I, I liked both endings, but I felt um, I felt a little more hopeful for Jude Law and a little less for Michael Caine. Yeah, I think just overall, like throughout both films, you could. I saw more growth in Jude Law's Alfie mm-hmm. than I did in Michael Caine. I don't know. Just the way everything was presented, he just seemed like more open to change like i do have to change something as opposed to michael kane like you know he did feel bad about the abortion and everything and but that was like the only time i ever saw him be more like it has to come to that (laughs) (laughs) for any change to happen so um but there were other moments in the the remake where where alfie's like all right maybe maybe i should clean my shit up a little bit but i can get into that more in the in the verdicts and then um one last note for me uh, speaking of uh, that song at the end, uh, What's It All About, Alfie song. Um, cheesy in the original, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the remake starting the movie. Was Interesting. Crazy fucking <laughs> remix of that song. I'm just like, what is this? Like, stick with the Mick Jagger, man. <laughs> well, Mick Jagger is singing in that one, isn't he? Oh, is he? Wow. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I think it's like... Whatever. Uh, yeah, you can hear it because it's a woman singing. I'm not exactly sure who it is, but I, I definitely heard a little bit of Mick Jagger there too. Okay, I, I remember the woman singing because it reminded me of the original more because it's a woman singing in that. 
And I don't know, it kind of gave me like footloose vibes. <laughs> like, yeah. This weird like DJ kind of intro, intro to this like old song. It was like, and that didn't feel like the move, Chief. <laughs> feels a little, feels a little off. Well, it could be like, um, you know, just knowing, like, acknowledging the the original film. Like, okay, sure. we're this, we are <laughs> a remake. We know the source material, and uh, we're gonna be respectful, I guess, of the source. We're not gonna shy away yeah. from it. So here, right from the beginning, here's the fucking song, right up front. Yeah. Uh, are you not, happy? <laughs> yeah. Not like Arthur. I'm just remembering Arthur. It's like, oh come on, where's Arthur's theme? We hear like a yeah. piano version of it, and that really pissed us it's off. It's such so. a good song, too, man. I know. I know that Arthur theme is so I good. So, so good um so yeah i was okay with uh, the decision to put the song in the beginning of the film. Yeah. And, and i i actually did really appreciate uh the music in the remake like the mick jagger stuff that you were talking about like it all felt really appropriate when they chose to like use it um definitely modernize the film whereas like in the original it felt like that almost like uh, it didn't feel like it bubbled to like the surface it felt really like background noise kind of was like pink panther type music almost <laughs> uh for lack of a better description but uh i think the remake did kind of nail uh the music even though i, I thought the, <laughs> the opening song was a little cheesy all right reggie should the remake of alfie exist i think that the remake of alfie should exist um in the sense that one i didn't really know a lot about the original alfie so the fact that the remake exists made me even look at the uh source mm -hmm. material um, the other thing too is that I felt like they really modernized the story. Um, there were moments that they definitely didn't hit the mark, like the remake, excuse me, the original has some, um, really high highs when, when they hit them. Um, um, which is kind of funny because it's the lowest moments of the film that are the best parts of the film. But I think Jude Law is just so consistently on top of it, charming. He does pull off the fourth wall thing, which... I can't think of too many actors that could pull that off. It's not as good overall, I think, a movie as the original, just because they do pull too many punches. But in terms of like a telling of the story, I think they nail it enough in that scene with uh, with um, Omar Epps, him and uh, Nia Long, are just such a like I don't know, just just hits me right in the gut. Like the, mm -hmm. the implication of that scene is so strong, and I think that the movie does pull that off more than it doesn't. Um, so yeah, I, I think that this remake should exist because they told the story, made it their own, and for the most part landed it with some minor um, points where they don't. Yeah, the original Alfie, I think Michael Caine did a fantastic job. Um, I really love that scene when he's at the doctor's office. That, that was just a really fun scene overall. My problem with the original film is like, I just didn't feel like a sense of direction. Like I didn't know where we were going with Alfie on this trip because so many of his decisions were very bad, but there didn't seem to be any consequences. He didn't seem to be changing his behavior like for anything. Like I go back to the health scare again. Like you think, oh, I just had a health scare. I'm gonna, I'm gonna straighten up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop womanizing so much. He doesn't really do that. He doesn't really start to change his ways until like the abortion at the end. That's when he's like, oh, maybe I should do something. And then the remake, Jude Law's Alfie, you do get a little bit of like um, more of an arc. I, I, it was easier to follow because like after his health scare, he wasn't so much of a womanizer. He did try to settle down. He did fall back into his old ways, but he was, you could see that he was trying a little bit more to 
to stop uh, just being so much of a womanizer. And I think, yeah, perfect casting really with Jude Law. Like I even could have just sworn sometimes like he looks like Michael Caine at certain points, man. It was, it was insane. Uh, spot on casting. And he, he did a really good job, you know, cause like you said, he does carry the weight of that film. And if your Alfie's not good, then your, your film does not work at all. So I think he did a really good job there. And again, just going back to the abortion scene being the most powerful scene in the original, you can't really do that um, or you can't get that magic again. So what they did in the remake by just having that whole scenario of like, she kept the kid and now Marlon's going to raise them was, it was a bold move and it, and it worked. It worked for me. And um, it's a very strong scene in that remake. Um, so um, while, yeah, it's not a perfect film, there are weak elements. I, like I said, I love Marissa Tomei. I think that character was very underutilized and just ultimately didn't even need yeah. to be in the film. But I think it's a um, very enjoyable film. I think it's easier to digest, uh, especially by today's standards, because Michael Caine, Ralphie can be, is maybe overly misogynistic at certain points, referring yeah, yeah. to women as it only at most points. It's, it, you know, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow these days. So I think, yeah, I think the remake should exist. It's good enough, and I enjoyed myself. Yeah, yeah. I would say, um, kind of as like an aside, to your point about Marissa Tomei, it almost feels like uh, like the Annie character um, in that original was kind of like swapped places. Like Sienna Miller seems more important than Marissa Tomei, even though Marissa Tomei is like, has the kid and everything like that. Mm -hmm. It just felt like Julia Foster's Gilda was so strong in the room that it didn't really make sense for Marissa Tomei's um, Julie to be so weak. I mean, yeah. just, they left loud on the table there. Mm -hmm. And I think if they had cleaned that up, I would be giving this higher marks, but like that was, that was a glaring misstep. But uh, other than that, I think the movie is very, very serviceable, if not pretty good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. There we go. Hey, we agreed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks since we agreed no we agreed on the christmas one we both thought that shouldn't have been i think we agreed yeah that was the garbage <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so let us know what you guys thought do you agree with us do you disagree with us do we miss anything um oh i just wanted to point this out i had mentioned this to you before so i just wanted to mention that if you like your jude law remakes that used to be michael kane movies there is another pair of movies uh, where Jude Law is in a remake where Michael Caine played that original part, and that is called Sleuth. Um, so that's something we might do in the future, because not only is Michael Caine the original character in that original film, he is in the remake too. <laughs> so wow. that would be that would be a really interesting take, just to see like the main character in the original film play like sort of the opposite role in uh, the remake. Yeah, so, that's interesting. Yeah, so uh, our Jude Law... got that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was going to say, I think the last time we got that was, uh, was The Longest Yard. That's, that's what I was thinking, too. It's <laughs> just Burt Reynolds being in both. So, um, yeah, don't worry. If you enjoyed our Jude Law, Michael Caine discussion, uh, sometime in the future, we will review Sleuth, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Wow. So that just leaves, what are we going to view next? Um, so you picked oh. Alfie. I was thinking of some stuff. Um, yeah, fuck it. I'll just go with my original, uh, what I originally thought. What do you think about doing, I, I feel like, I feel like I need some 80s, Reggie. So I was thinking okay. of doing maybe Red Dawn. 
You know what? Given the course of events <laughs> that have happened in, in this country, um, this is before the inauguration, everyone. Um, yeah, um, we are in January 10th filming this, by the way. Just like everybody Yeah. Know. January 6th was just a day on the calendar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think it's time. I think that that hard-hitting political commentary is uh, exactly what this country needs right now. Let's watch uh, Red Dawn. <laughs> Fantastic. So our next episode is Red Dawn. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you enjoy what you hear, you can follow Retro Versus Remake on all the social medias, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams. If you're listening to us on iTunes, feel free to give us a five-star review. Help great, greatly help us out if you're listening on YouTube. Definitely leave us a comment. We enjoy reading those. Reggie? Yeah, I'm Reggie Parker. You can find me at RP Comedy. As always, thanks for listening. Um, we love the feedback on the episodes, and these are getting more and more fun by the by the week. <laughs> so, that's it. <laughs> All right, I'm Dan Bielek, and this has been another episode of Retro, Retro versus, versus Remake. Remake. <laughs>